Hey, good evening and welcome to a late night edition of Analytical Console. Before we get into it, and those of you who have uh, listened to this before, you ready? Alright, let's go. So if you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So, check this out now. What usually happens here in the world is there's a crisis in another country, a war, famine, hunger... But right here in our very own United States of America. Yes, I said America. <sighs> There's an actual environmental crisis. And actually it's environmental racism. And that's shit, the Jackson, Mississippi water crisis. It's a, you know, it really is a legacy of environmental racism. So according to the BBC... <clears throat> Here's a man by the name of Marshall who lives in West Jackson in the United States of of America and Mississippi. A predominantly black and poor part of the city, he has no choice but to drink the tap water that Jackson residents have been told to avoid. When he turns the tap on, the water runs brown. Boy, doesn't this sound kind of like Flint, Michigan? Hmm. But yet we talk of genocide in other countries and oh my goodness, I can't believe they're killing the people there. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. But the whole time, the whole time, right? We have been sitting here kindly just turning a deaf and a deaf ear and a blind eye to the people in Flint still. Now Jackson, Mississippi comes up, and this is not this is not the first time they've had issues with water. You you gotta check it out from this standpoint, right? So as the story goes on says Marshall doesn't have a car, so we can't get to the, st- uh, to the sites where water is being handed out by the National Guard. He also doesn't have electricity or gas because of a recent fire in the house next door, which means he can't boil water to make it safe. Boy, hmm. Y- you see, a lot of what's going on here, as you, re- as you hear more and more about this, is he says he doesn't have a car to get to the areas where the National Guard is. The National Guard is. So... I want to take a look at something here. Besides this Jackson, Mississippi, there's Flint. We know about Chicago, but here's the thing in a lot of these places. They have what we call food deserts. Now, a food desert is when you live in a certain part of a town or a city and there are no supermarkets. Now, a place like Jackson, Mississippi is very small. It's a rural area, but the thing about it is is that uh, you know you have a lot of people who are in that state like Deion Sanders he's a coach at Jackson State and you know here's a guy who has millions of dollars but I know he's putting his money towards that but you need more people to do that because here's the thing we saw everybody flying the Croatian flag right but why isn't anyone sitting there going down up to Flint Michigan and saying, hey, we got to get these folks clean water. Not just clean water, we need new pipes in the ground. And this is a way of, it's genocide. It's not just an environmental crisis, this is genocide. Let, and let's not act like it's not, because it really truthfully is. You mean to tell me that you look back at this in 2020 when Jacksonville was, uh, they had freezing temperatures which caused the water treatment facility to shut down um, that in a, in a district uh, a district went without water for nearly six weeks far longer than the surrounding areas the town's infrastructure has struggled to uh, keep up ever since now there's a problem see We have so many, uh, there's so many other issues that go on in this country, but I don't think they uh, compare necessarily to what's taking place in town, like places like Jackson, Mississippi, Flint, Michigan, 
Chicago. There's a whole bunch of shit going on. And when you take a look at this, once again, we're talking of, yes, an environmental crisis. But why is it that the other surrounding towns are getting what they need? But I also look at it from this, from this point of view, too. You know, I remember uh, years ago, I was hanging around with some guys. One of the guys happened to be from Mississippi. And I said, well, why is it that, you know, I know everybody takes pride in where they come from, right? But um, at a certain point, right? You say to somebody, well, why is Mississippi in such a poor state? And the, the, the guy was like, man, I'm from Mississippi, man. Nobody be talking bad about my state. I said, but why is it that Lily and, the, and her kid are still uh, washing up in buckets? And dude had nothing to say. So go check that out, Lily's Ken. It's an uh, old documentary that came on HBO, I want to say about 10, 10 12 years ago. Um, not sure if you can find it anymore, but... Um, It'll give you some insight on how how things are going down there. Uh, so, the gentleman that they're speaking to next in this BBC interview, is, uh, his name is Mr. Banks. And he says, those who are forced to adapt have pre, uh, predominantly been people of color. So, for years, the councilman says he has been, he's a councilman. He has watched state funding pour into the infrastructure of towns and areas around Jackson. But they've missed the facilities that need it the most. So I want so we you know this infrastructure bill that uh, Joe Biden and his uh, crew have come up with um, earmarked money for disadvantaged and underserved communities like Jackson, which in 2020 had a population of 163,000, but the funding is allocated by state legislators who make bank who Mr. Banks says often succumb to politics and uh, prioritize projects for their uh, uh, for the constituents instead of focusing on fixing systematic systemic issues not systematic systemic issues in Jackson you know he goes on to say we have a water treatment facility that's obsolete that nobody has thought about for years says professor Edmund Merrim Merrim an urban planning and environmental studies professor at Jackson State University. Now, Professor Merrim, I think the problem is that the reaction tends to be, be you know, ad hoc. But Professor Merrim also believes another factor has pulled focus and funding away from the Jacksons, from the Jacksons' crumbling infrastructure race. So it says, you know, experts and advocates say what is happening in Jackson and towns like Flint, Michigan, where the water supply was contaminated with lead, is a direct legacy of generations of discrimination and segregation. This is a deep-seated issue and declares long in the making of a, king, of a kind of a situation, says uh, Ariel King, a lawyer and environmental justice advocate. I think the history of racial segregation and redlining in this country have deeply contributed to the environmental injustices that we see now. Redlining in Mississippi began in 19, well, began in 1940 as a government-sanctioned practice of denying mortgages and loans to people of color because they were deemed too risky. Now, the program lasted more than 40 years. As a result, Ms. King says, low-income, predominantly black communities were concentrated in areas with polluting industries, like landfills, oil refineries, and water waste treatment plants. And those areas, she notes, still exist today. Uh, she points to uh, parts of the country like so-called Cancer Alley as an example. Once the home of Louisiana's sprawling plantations, the area along the Mississippi River is now an industrial highway of more than 150 oil refineries and factories. So uh, this has been decades worth now. So for decades, the predominantly black residents have suffered from some of the highest rates of cancer in the nation because of populate of well, pollution. So the, I was going to say this is population control 101. So what do you do when you want to get rid of people? A certain race of people, certain kind of people. You put them in areas where 
they pretty much have no other choice to live because they can't really afford anything else because well let's see employment is well employment is what it is you got to take whatever you can get so you're going to work in that oil refinery those water waste treatment plants because what happens is they do pay they pay decent for the area that they live in so you're going to live in and around the area now we know what happens in oil refineries and water waste treatments and all that yes you're exposed to all kind of carcinogens, all kind of things that can lead to you becoming sick and eventually dying prematurely. So, these are things that you and I know. Because you look at where we live, some of us live in and around areas where there are factories. You're inhaling all that smoke from those, uh, from the smokestacks. You know, we can go on down the list of all kinds of things that contribute to environmental uh, environmental hazards at where, where we live, which has become genocidal in every sense of the word. You know, money has been allocated for us, but it always, and it's true, you know, it always ends up getting tossed up into the hands of politicians and they don't do anything to help us. They refuse to do anything to help us. Which led to, you know, and I said this in the, uh, said this over a year ago on one of these podcasts that we've been doing. That this is how, when we have to survive, we find other means to survive. So that means we have to go out and really, you know, we work. We hustle and bustle. You know. But also, you know, you take a look as I'm reading, as I'm reading along this, um, you know, they can say that there are different factors that lead to flooding, but people wouldn't be subject to areas that are susceptible to flooding without redlining in the first place, Miss King says. So the whole redlining thing, as you know, redlining was to basically, and I it explained it right there in the article, it, it really they wouldn't give us loans because they felt it was too risky. So that meant we were stuck. We had to be stuck in areas that were not conducive to us. And to cover up the history of this country. And let's go back. Mm-hmm. Let's go back. So, Miss um, King, the lawyer, she points to parts of the country like so-called Cancer Alley as an example. Once to home to Louisiana's sprawling plantations along the Mississippi River so you're going to cover up the dirt you're going to cover up all the bad stuff that has happened so what do you do you put them in there anyway putting us there you keep putting us in those areas where we can't escape so um so so again it does kind of come back to race and environmental racism. Unfortunately, every time Serena Lawson is studying to be a lawyer and lives a few blocks from Marshall, she moved from Sacramento and wants to be a public defense lawyer. She too blames redlining for the issue the area has been having. Now, in her kitchen, there are bowls of varying sizes all over the floor. All over the floor. She catches rainwater in them and then uses a water filter. So this is how bad it's become. But also, you got to think about this too. The United States government, the United States government, let me say that clearly, the United States government told us that you are not to correct, collect rain, rainwater. It's against the law. So that should tell you there's always been a water crisis. And if you collect rainwater... It's against the law. I've never heard of this BS before. But, see, in her kitchen now, like I said, there's bowls of varying sizes all over the floor. Now, the pipes have lead in them in Jackson. And so, I would never, you know, so she says she would never drink a glass of water. She says, I don't brush my teeth with tap water. But she admits that most people can't afford the $300 filter she brought. So, 
that becomes an issue that you can't filter the water. And here we are up against the break. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So, the things that we can... so So, we live in areas where... We can get to a Walmart. We can get to a supermarket. You know, our corner stores might not sell those water filters, but they sell bottled water. So some of us are fortunate to be able to go on foot and not walk, but no more than a mile or a half mile or three quarters of a mile. So we're not in the food desert and we're not in necessarily in a red line district. But being in those red line districts, for those who do live there, they can tell you that they're pretty, it's, it's, the conditions are pretty shitty. The conditions are not good at all because it's really just basically, it is racism. It's not just an environmental thing. This is actually, this is systemic racism. It's another form of it. You know, we look at systemic racism as being discriminated against to get a job or on the job, the police, etc., etc., politics, but let's just call it what it is. Racism, segregation, and I'll say this, you know, trying to segregate has always been our problem. You always, you know, the thing is, correction, not segregation, integration. And segregation was never a bad thing. We made it into a bad thing because we wanted to be equal. You know, now being equal doesn't mean we're going to get treated the same. It does not mean anything. Because as I'm reading this to you, you're hearing it right here. You're hearing it right now in this story that you have people who can't even afford a $300 filter because why they don't have that kind of money down there they're not they're not getting paid like that now see here's the thing now a water crisis like this in Jacksonville well Jackson Mississippi I don't know why I keep saying Jacksonville but a water crisis like this in Jackson Mississippi it, it doesn't become an issue until it affects people of a higher class now this is the God's honest truth now here we go again Think about this. When heroin really came about, it was during the Harlem Renaissance. And it wasn't a it, it was a hippie drug. It was that that those uh jazz artists, musicians, they do that. Heroin didn't become an actual problem for America. And I say America because you know, according to a lot of folks, most of us, even though we were born here. And some of our ancestors were taken from the homeland. Well, a large amount. We're still not considered to be anything but niggas. Get mad at me for saying it, but oh well. I told you all before. I got a microphone. And I'm going to offend you. Or I might even enlighten you. <laughs> it depends on how you want to take it. But um, crack didn't become a problem until it hit Wall Street. AIDS didn't become a problem until it started hitting the suburban areas. When you know all these businessmen were going to the, uh, you know, to the to the sex to the, to the little uh, bath houses on their lunch breaks and and fucking dudes in their ass raw, or going to the strip clubs and fucking the fucking the IV drug users, the women raw, and coming home and giving it to their wives or their unborn child crack wasn't a problem until you started seeing more crack babies and the news will always portray it as black women were just getting high which they were but you check the numbers right how many people were coming from the suburbs into the urban areas where the drug was being distributed right 
How many? Okay, yeah. A lot. A lot. So they, they will always skew the numbers to make it seem as if black... And you know what? Before I go on, I'm not going to say black and Hispanic. Because we're all, we're all, we all come from the same land, just different boat stops. That's all there is. So when things come into our neighborhoods, and I'm going to explain this to you one more time. I call these, I call where we live a neighborhood because we're not a community where there's no, there's no unity amongst us. And also... We don't own much of anything. We don't own much. We don't control who comes into the neighborhood. So anyway, you know, the fact that, you know, it's like when the higher, when the up, when the higher class, the upper class folks are affected, then it becomes a problem. But it's a problem that gets solved for them, but it remains ongoing for us. You know, there's a lot of places down south that the that, you, that the water really isn't always the greatest because you got to figure there's all kind of industrial chemicals being pumped into the water throughout the south because what was once plantations or cotton, some place, sometimes even cotton fields. They were mashed out to hide to hide their to hide their insidious and nasty uh, and vile vile history about us. You know what they've done to us. So, bottom line is, um, you know, the situation in Jackson has been ongoing, and uh, it has been an example of that. People's health is is secondary to the state. So, same thing in Flint. You know, people people can't take, they can't really wash up. They can't wash up. But here's the thing I'm going to say. With all the celebrities that came in there and dropped, you know, I got water. I, I delivered water. That's great. But, you know, at this point, you should have just, just said, hey, fuck it. Arrest me. Do what you got to do. But... We're going to rip up these streets and put new pipes in. We got to give the people running water. We got to give them something. We got to actually give them... We got to give them clean water. It's their right. Fuck, the, fuck that there. Brown-skinned people. And there's white folks in that area, too, who are suffering. Now, I know someone's going to say, well, fuck them. No, no, no. Hold up. You know why they're suffering? Because they're speaking up on behalf of not just themselves, but everybody else in that community who happens to be of a, a darker tone. So because they're doing that, they're all in it together. And they're like, yo, man, we don't want to sit here and, and quite possibly end up with cancer or whatever else. Or some long-term uh, d- disease of the blood because water, water seeps into the skin, it gets into the pores, etc., etc. We know the science behind it. But, um, so, there's, um, so now in the interview, it says, you know, we met Imani Aziz at a local community center where she and others from the volunteer group cooperate, 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 I'm sorry, I'm tongue-tied, so I'm doing this at almost 11 o'clock at night, but, um, you know, Jackson, we're heading, handing out bottled water. <clears throat> it took less than an hour for them to run out. And she tells us, you know, she tells the BBC reporter that, you know, she barely has water at her own home. And it's a crisis of views and values. And there's a lot of environmental racism going on. We are sending our money to the government to get what needs to be done, done. And they're not doing it. <clears throat> she goes on to say, we are underserved. You know, we are underserved. People of color are underserved, so we stay in the worst parts of town, just you know, just so they can survive. Because if they step out of those parts of town, we all know it's still like the days of old. <clears throat> they may not ride around and with hoods on, but they could find themselves being hung up 
from a tree to represent strange fruit. <clears throat> Is that's just the bare facts. That's the bare facts. <clears throat> so, you know, she said, we're not asking for mansions. We just want to live and have the normal stuff, running water, clean water. Miss Olagabala, Aziz says. <laughs> I hope I didn't butcher her name. But um, if I did, I apologize. She goes on to say, you know, the local area has a high homeless rate. And local shops have closed more than likely because we know of the pandemic. Which makes it hard for people to buy water. You know, we've been on the boil water alert for about a month. It's not drinkable. So what do we do? How do we feed our children? How do we cook and eat? Aziz says people are paying high water bills whilst there, there's, you know, those in uh, predominantly white areas aren't. So here we go. It's not just environmental, it's economics too. The economical side of this is it's insane to think that we're in 2021, uh, 22. We're, you know, we're still in the early parts of the 21st century and we still haven't gotten away from things from the 20th century, the 19th, the 18th, the 17th, and even the 16th century. So you do the math, you know, we're, we're five, like we're basically 500 years deep into this bullshit and it's still done, it's not even done convert, uh, covertly. It's not, it, it's done right in your face. It's like, hey, we're going to do this to you and I want to know I want to know what the fuck you going to do about it. And this is exactly why, folks, I tell y'all, and we've been telling you on our lives, on the live uh, podcast of Analytical Concepts, that local voting, local voting is the most important thing. But when you have the South, which is pretty much all Republican, which we all know Republicans were what is what black folks once voted as. But the thing about it is, you get to a point where you gotta, you know, we gotta start educating our people on how to vote and check the policies, because if the policy doesn't doesn't help us any then we got to say no nah, i we can't rock we can't rock with you you know you know and, and and this is the thing that mrs z says is that this is not something that has just happened you know this is a slow rolling process and it's gotten to the point of untenable you know and they're struggling there So you figure out of 163,000 people in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. That's a lot. And 100,000 is still 100,000 people. You know, you're talking about basically almost 177,000 people away from 170,000 people. So there's a lot of people put out that, you know, did not without water. Which means they, they, you know, they could eat if you can get dry foods. Which means you might have to eat a lot of cereal and just pop tarts, or whatever going on. But you have to eat that, eat that stuff, which is which is not always healthy. So when we start looking at the whole issue of water crisis, environmental crisis. Remember back in the day when New York had the uh, the garbage strike and garbage just piled up, piled up. And I know it was all around the city, but you take a look and see who were the hardest hit areas, right? There were kids who couldn't sleep at night because the rats were coming into the house because it was enough. Because the thing is, if you know anything about rodents, and let's not act like you ain't never had rodents in your house. Because I ain't talking about the man that's laying in your bed or the chick that's laying in your bed. I'm talking about the actual rodents that you had in your house or you still may get. Because if the garbage doesn't get collected or your house is filthy, rodents rodents will come up in there and decide, hey, we're going to nest. we got the perfect nesting area. 
and we have a food source. So remember that in New York, kids were getting, you know, kids were getting bit at night by rats. You know, people were having to start to sleep with their shoes and shit on because this, because it became an environmental problem. And I understand that, you know, if you're not getting paid properly, yeah, you're going to strike. Got it. Cool. But at the same time, it created an, envir an environmental crisis. I know water wasn't, the, you know, water wasn't the problem, but if if rodents have a food source, they're going to eat your bread, et cetera, et cetera. You, you know, you're going to have to put those things in the refrigerator. And remember, shit was getting pretty tight up there. So anyway, long story short, you go back to, you know, you're going back to Jackson, Mississippi. This is where I say, you know, I, I can't tell another man, because I'm definitely not going to be in another man's pocket. But I think Deion Sanders will get the people to come down there and rally the troops. But don't just give them running water. Put the pressure on the local government to do their job. That's what you got to do. You got to put your foot on the neck of the local government and make them accountable for the bullshit that's taking place down there. You can't have all the surrounding towns have better, you know, get, you know, get what they need while one town is sitting there just wasting away. That just doesn't sit well with myself. It doesn't sit well because you you know when you look at the overall scheme of it all We got our babies down there. And I say our babies because if we're a community, if we want to be a community, then we really need to start stepping our game up and, and taking care of everybody. But furthermore, if the people in that town aren't getting, you know, they can't get what they need from local government, then it's time for someone who has a platform to start saying, hey, this ain't flying. But as they said, it's not, it's not a problem until it reaches the upper echelon of, uh, of the communities. But um, Jackson is that, it's, we know it's the South. And it's, you know, people will say, well, y'all don't know what's going on because you're up North. Yeah, it's true, but if you got people who live down there, they're going to tell you. Hey man, shit ain't that great down here. Yeah, it's beautiful and all. Yep, yep, yep. But at the same time, nah, things ain't all kosher. Things aren't what they seem. And when, you know, when they, when people start telling you what's really going on down there, it makes you say, "Damn." But this is where having generation, having wealth. Not just generational wealth, but having wealth in general comes into play because you can go out and, okay, so they don't want to fix the pipes? Bet. Alright, well, look. If you got the kind of money that, that you, you know, and, this, and I'm going to go back to something. Hold on, just, be, just work with me for a minute here. I know I'm jumping all over the place. But several months ago, on one of the uh, Sunday night editions of Analytical Concepts, which was live on Instagram, right? We talked about having a trillion dollars and what a trillion dollars could do. So let's say we all have a trillion dollars, right? And we decide to get together, five or six of us, that's Let's say it's six at six trillion dollars. So imagine us going out. Excuse me. Oh my goodness. So let's say we all go out and buy nothing but bottled water. Whether it be Poland Spring, whatever. Dasani, we all know it, we all know it comes from tap water, which is processed, and then put in a nice little bottle, voila. There's your water with some other with other ingredients water is not supposed to have ingredients but let's say somebody says hey fuck it man look let's get all the kind of bottled water that we can get let's, let's package it up and let's have our own people deliver it there so we know it gets there safe now imagine that everybody gets together delivers water 
not just one pack of bottled water, but let's say they let's say they give them a hundred packs of bottled water. Just to make sure everything is straight. But then in the process, out of those trillionaires, see there's one white one who really has a uh, you know, has a voice because that's how it usually goes is that when we present our issues to the powers that be and we are not coming off all loud and wrong because we can't be loud and wrong we can get loud but we're not wrong when it's time for us to fight for ourselves excuse me but our voices are never heard until we actually become ignorant and mad so there has to be someone who can who can garner us that audience that we command You know, and this is where, like, I, you know, I see every, I see all these celebrities doing interviews, talking about who they don't mess with, and I don't, I don't rock with this one. Oh man, you know, I'm not black. I'm Puerto Rican. Everyone's favorite guy, Kevin Gates. I've seen a lot of y'all posting that shit. You know, not that interview, but all these little Kevin Gates little, you know, uh, clips from his interviews and stuff, and all y'all, all y'all loving that shit. All y'all dick riding Kevin Gates, but why don't you dick ride him to the point to say, "Hey Kevin, what's your stance and your what's actually your view on the water crisis in Flint and in Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi?" I bet you he tell you, "I don't fuck with them niggas because I'm Puerto Rican." You see where I'm going with this? I'm I'm a guy that created my own platform. Whether you want to listen to me or not, what I'm telling you is actual facts. I'm not speaking with my feelings. Feelings are left out of it. I have to speak purely from facts when I'm on this microphone. Now, when I'm off the microphone, I can, I can put my feelings into it, but I'm still speaking facts. We have to get past this whole uh, thing of because I don't know them I can't help them but I, I gotta ask how many uh, <laughs> how many of my uh, melanated people jumped up and donated money to uh, the Croatia shit I bet you a lot of y'all did because you want to be on the right side of history without actually knowing what the fuck is going on stop that shit please stop that because you're making yourself look real fucking foolish Excuse me, if my message is lost because I'm cursing, well, too bad. It's my podcast, and I'll say what I want. As I said, I have a microphone. And I'll say what I want, when I want, and it may offend you. It's just too much bullshit going on. It's too much shit going on, and we need to seriously pull it together. Because whenever there's a crisis that 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 hits our people, we never have we never have what we need to tackle the issue. We never have enough of what we need to handle the issue on our own. We have to start turning to the government. But see, this is where if you vote, like I said earlier, you vote locally, not depending on what's going to happen, no, not worrying about what's going on in D.C., but right there in your own state. And you get the right people in there. Water crisis, a water crisis will become a thing of the past. Now, everybody jumped down Kwame Kirkpatrick's uh, his throat because of well he took money but he was trying to get shit done and he understood that even though he was the mayor his hand he, he, you know he, he had to get his hands uncuffed untied so to speak to make things happen so going forward 
it's all it's it's all it's all genocide. When I was when I started this out tonight, and I said, you know, um, food deserts are being created by putting us in the areas where we like they know a lot of us don't have cars. They also know that sometimes the bus. You know the bus line doesn't always run to these areas so you, you're gonna have to call a cab to get to the actual supermarket because like I said there's not a, there's not enough mom-and-pop stores in the neighborhood and if there are mom-and-pop stores in the neighborhood they're high-priced and they don't have everything that you need so you're gonna have to eat what's there yeah, you might be able to go in there and get yourself a little $5 plate of some rice and beans and some chicken or some beef. In fact, some places not even allowing you to get the beef, especially if you go into the uh, Spanish restaurants. You got to, well, depending, some of them will let you get five, a $5 plate of beef, but not most of them. And on top of that, then you got to go eat the Chinese food. You know, so we, there's a lot of shit that's just not good for us in, these, in our own communities. Well, I'm sorry, neighbors, because, well, there's unity amongst everybody else that comes in and sets up shop and makes money off of us. So, I have another, I have another solution to these problems. So, with all these stores and, like, shops closed up in these small towns, all my black entrepreneurs, all my melanated entrepreneurs, let me, let me correct that. How come you're not going into these towns and look around and say, damn, hey, Look, I don't need, I'm not a politician, but I definitely, um, I'm definitely going to set up some shop here. And start giving to the folks the things that they need to, to be able to survive. I'm just saying, just saying. And those, and to anyone that's ever listened to what we do on the analytical concepts, you know, we talk a lot about having our own. And this is exactly why you see a lot of people saying, it's time for us to truthfully segregate. It's time for us to get away from everybody else. Because, let's just put it, I'm going to say it, yes, men and women of color, and I'm going to include those who don't consider themselves to be Afro-Latina, Afro-Latino. And you say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a brother. I'm black. It's that time where we have to have those conversations. It's, it's, it's about time we sit, we sit down and have honest and truthful conversations about where we're going to put our money about creating our own our own place to live creating an infrastructure that benefits us making sure that if there is a crisis we have money in reserves to to bail us out of situations to keep us afloat as I stated before when the pandemic came about, a lot of the stores that were in our communities had to close their doors down, which means everybody was affected. Food, you know, once again, it's hard to live off the land when the land is polluted because a lot of folks in these areas understand about agriculture. This is why I strongly suggest, hey, When you start putting your kids in these high schools, look for the technical high schools. Look for them to get a trade that's going to um, help help you know help them out in the real world. We need to have you know the thing is we do have a lot of agricultural pro agricultural programs in the in the city.
but what happens is we you know we we get you know we get a little plot of land and you know I've seen it happen over the years you know you get the young you know the, the young white kids young white you know folks and some brothers and sisters get involved and they start planting fruits vegetables only to have the nondescripts within the community or the neighborhood as a because you know it's a hood but you know I'm going to speak it into existence you know the folks in and around the community they get you know they, they want to be assholes and go piss on shit So because they do that, they ruin it for those who actually can benefit from it. Because this is one thing that has to change. And what needs to change is our train of thought and the way we see things and how we treat the things that we, you know, we're trying to build within our own communities. At the end of the day, it's not just white folks who are doing shit to us, it's our own folks. Now, someone's going to say, man, that's damn, that, that's some Uncle Tom Coon shit. But I understand why somebody might say that because it's about, you know, it's simple. we're all supposed to uplift each other. But check it out now. Of course, we have black on black crime, white on white crime, yada, yada, yada. Because we're all in the same area. So, of course, it's black on black crime. It's going to be white on white crime. You go in the white areas, right? So anyway, at the end of the day, what I was going to say in the first place is it's just time that we just sit down. Understand, yes, we may be standing in the ruins, but we can always build on top of the ashes of the old. Become more educated if we have, if we want to, you know, we want to start acting a certain way, and you know what I mean. If we want to protest. We got to stop bullshitting and stop robbing from ourselves. If you want, if you want the enemy to feel what you feel. You got to start taking the fight to their grounds on their turf. Start tearing up their shit so they can see what it's like to have to live like us. Now all of us live, live in squalor. We have an opportunity to clean up what we have. But sometimes we don't because we just, well, you know, we don't. <laughs> you know, we become conditioned to think that, well... This is how it is. We're supposed to live like this. So it's never going to change. And unfortunately, people down in Mississippi, Flint, Michigan, wherever else, you know, people who live on the reservation, on the res, as they call it, look at their... Um, Look at how they're living. They got contaminated water too. They don't, they don't have everything. They got the bare minimum, if that. Why do you think there's so many alcoholics and drug users on these so on these reservations on the land that belongs to them? They're actually pretty much confined to the to, I don't know how many acres of land, but the reason why they get the reason why there's a lot of alcohol and drug abuse in those places is because that's all they got. Food is scarce. These are folks who lived off the land, land's been poisoned, the animals which they ate have been hunted, just senselessly hunted. But at the end, but pardon my French, I'm not going to say at the end of the day. When the smoke clears and the dust settles, it still comes back to voting locally. Genocide will never be, it, especially when it pertains to us here in America, black men and women. It, it's never going to be an issue.
always be an issue. We're an issue for us, but not for anybody else. Second, we gotta we gotta ups, we gotta step up our our standards of how we want to live and how we want our how we want our people to live. We gotta do this for our kids. We gotta do this for our children. It's time for them to be able to have a future that's not bleak. But um this concludes a uh another episode of Analytical Concepts. This is uh season two. Episode 9, I believe. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Pardon me. A lot's been going on in life. But, um... Do me a favor, everybody. Let's start having those honest talks. If we can talk about who's sucking whose dick, who's eating whose pussy, who's fucking who... Who got the best Jordans? This, that, and the third. And we need to start having conversations about how we how we're gonna build up our communities, how we're gonna start taking things more seriously, how we can create institutions that show us how to market and manage our money better, to where to invest it, how to control local government, how to put people in positions of power that well to help us out. So my good people, have a great night and um, let's figure out how we can make things better. Peace and love everybody. Until we meet again.